Thanks for joining us today. I'm Rob Parker, lead pastor at The Plant Church. Our vision is to know Christ and make him known. If you are interested in getting connected or if we can help you in any way, email us at info at theplantchurch.org. Who here is having a great summer so far? Who can believe it's like we're at the last day of July, right? We're at the last day of July. Okay, we're, all, we're halfway there. But um, I know summer is really a great time for going on vacation, going, going camping. Anyone go camping or to the beach or, or anything like that? It's a t- fun time to get out and even like go to amusement parks. I was able to go to amusement park to Six Flags Great Adventure a couple of weeks ago, and it was fun. Anyone been there yet this season? So not yet, but it, it was a lot of fun. We went there on a Wednesday, and it was amazing because it was midweek, and there were no lines for any of the rides. You didn't have to wait. You could just go there and just walk straight up to the ride. You didn't have to wait at all. Because I remember when I was a kid and I would go there on a Saturday, you would have to wait for like hours just to get on any of these rides, right? You have to wait forever. And I remember when I was a kid, this new ride had just come out. It was called the Batman Roller Coaster. Who remembers that, like when that came out? Maybe in the 90s or something. The Batman it was the first roller coaster ever where you're not sitting down in a seat, but you're like hanging like a bat. Remember that? So this was like a new coaster that had come out. And the whole year, we would be watching the commercials for Great Adventure leading up to the summer. So we'd be watching these commercials. We were getting so excited for this new coaster to come out. So when we finally got there, we were so excited, we could not contain our excitement. And we would stand on this line, which would seem for hours. You, you know how those amusement park lines, they go like this and back and forth and back and forth, and they're zigzagging forever. So we stood in that, on that forever. So we were standing on that for hours, and then we saw this cave up ahead. The, the line went into this cave, right? So we thought like, oh, yeah, once you get into the cave, into the back cave, that's where you get on the ride. Like, like the, you know, the roller coaster right there, you just jump on. So we waited, and finally we got to the cave. But to our disappointment, it was another whole room filled with more and more lines going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So we waited forever, but finally we got on the ride and it was amazing. But talk about a test of patience as a kid. Now, Maybe you're someone that you don't like going outdoors in the summer and stuff, but, but instead you like staying indoors and binging on Netflix or streaming TV or something like that. And maybe you're watching your favorite TV show and you are so into it and you are so captivated by it, by when it gets to the end of the credits, you cannot wait the five seconds for the next episode button to come up. And in those five seconds, you are having this existential crisis because you don't know what to do with yourself because this button hasn't come up yet. A test of patience. Now, it's one thing to learn patience in circumstances that are outside of your control, but it's a whole nother thing to have patience for people. Who knows what I mean, right? If you live in New Jersey, and you are stopped at a red light with one car ahead of you, and the light turns green, and you're waiting there, and the guy ahead of you doesn't budge, how long do you wait 
before the impatience builds up and the blood pressure rises and you smash your hand on the beep. How many people wait a second? Anyone wait two seconds? Three seconds? Okay, three seconds. But everyone must be under four or five seconds. I was talking to a guy in Montana, and he said, no, we just wait there until the person leaves. There's no rush. There's nothing to do. So, but, yeah, it's true. But um, that's what happens. Or what about when you are texting someone, you're texting someone something very important, and you need an immediate answer to that, but all you see is the pop-up with the bubbles and the three dots there, and then, then, then it comes up, and then it goes away, then it comes back up again, and then it goes away, then it comes up quick and goes away again, and you know that the person on the other end has read your text, but they just not have answered yet. A test of patience. This summer, we are in a sermon series called The Fruit of the Spirit. We are learning about what it means to be connected to the new life that comes from Christ. What it means to be connected to the vine. Because when we are connected to him, he is the source of life. And when he is our source of life, we produce fruit. Today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at the fruit of the Spirit, patience. What does it mean to exhibit patience? So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. We'll just read verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Well, I'll keep reading. Verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So we're looking at patience, and the Greek word here used for patience is macrothumia. Macro, which means long, and thumia, which means suffering. So essentially, this word for patience, what it means is, is to have a long suffering or forbearance. When someone does something to you, it's the ability to not blow up at someone immediately, but to rather bear the pain for a longer time and to stay under control. In the Bible, the parable of the unforgiving servant helps illustrate this idea of patience. So we're going to look at that parable from Matthew 18, starting at verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But... The man fell before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me, 
and I will pay it. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left, he went to, his, went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Please be patient with me, and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. This is what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. So, although this passage is about forgiveness, there's something very important we could learn about patience. And there are several things we could learn about what it really means. And the first is this. As believers... We are called to have patience for others. As believers, we are called to have patience for others. In this parable, the king had loaned out money to his servants, and the loan had come due. One of the debtors who owed millions of dollars, when he, he owed that much money, but when he was asked to pay, he could not pay it back. The king might have been waiting in anticipation to be paid back at the right time, and by now he would have understandably been upset and angry. He would have had every right to have that debtor arrested and, and thrown into slavery and his whole family until they could pay off the debt. In that culture, in that time, that was a perfectly acceptable thing to do. But the king asked, sorry, but, but the man asked to the king, Please be patient with me. Be patient with me and I will pay it. Macrothumia. This man wasn't asking the king not to be angry, but he was asking the king to wait longer, to bear the suffering longer until he could somehow scrap up the money that he was owed to pay. And in response, this king exhibited patience. But he actually went even beyond that. He had pity on the man and he forgave his debt. And then this parable goes on to describe how this man who was forgiven was also owed just a few thousand dollars from another servant. And when that servant also couldn't pay, he asked for patience as well. But instead of granting patience, he lost his patience and demanded instant payment. And when he couldn't pay, he had him thrown into prison. Later, the king found out about what had happened to this servant that, who had helped, and then he had him sent to prison and, and tortured until he could pay his entire debt. But the question I have for you this morning is, 
How do you respond when it comes to patience for others? You know, sometimes it's easy to have patience for circumstances that, you know, are, are external and don't involve anyone. But how do you respond when you are called to have patience for others? Is there someone in your life who has tried your patience? Maybe someone you have been kind to and has let you down in some way or has, has held some kind of behavior, let you down through their behavior against you, maybe carelessness or irresponsibility or self-centeredness. Maybe it's a coworker or a business partner. Maybe it's your child or your spouse or your neighbor or an old friend or someone who has borrowed something from you many years ago, like a garden tool and forgot to give it back. I think I'm guilty of that. What emotions come up when you think about that person? You know, impatience or the lack of patience is actually a very, very scary thing. When people don't exhibit patience, there are major consequences. Sometimes when you're upset or, or angry, what happens is, you know, some people, for some people, you hold it in. And you don't process the pain of what's going on, and you just kind of hold it in, and you harbor it, and it starts destroying you from the inside and might physically manifest with high blood pressure or, or something else. Other people hold back their anger, and then they act out sarcastically or unhealthy ways. But lastly, some people, and maybe most of us, we just let it out, right? We just let it rip. Who remembers the, the emperor in Star Wars? You just kind of just let it rip with all that like power and you know, electricity. Who's ever seen someone lose their patience? You know, it's really not a good sight, right? It's really not a good sight when you've seen someone lose their patience. When people lose their patience and just kind of let it all out, just let out what's there that could be expressed maybe in a variety of actions. You just let it out. could be an outburst of anger or verbal attacks or tearing down of a person, saying harsh or regrettable words and lead to broken relationships and sometimes even violence. You don't have to look far about seeing, you know, reading about road rage instances in New York and New Jersey. We see that. Take a moment to reflect and identify. Who are you on the verge of losing patience with? So why is patience a fruit of the Spirit? Why are we talking about this? Why does it bring life? You know, as we've seen in this parable, impatience can bring destruction and sorrow, while patience brought life for that servant, at least at first. The Spirit produces a life of patience that is not from our flesh and is not from our nature, but it comes from the supernatural life of Christ. So as believers, we are first called to have patience for others. 
Next, we are also called to remember that patience is valuable. Patience is very valuable. Now, how many of you guys out there know a person that's always relaxed and always chill? Maybe you have a friend like that. They're always chill. It's always like they're on vacation, and you get stressed out because they're not stressed out. And I don't mean that they're relaxed because they're under the influence of any kind of substance or anything, but relaxed because that's just how they are all the time. Nothing phases them. If they get stuck in traffic, they don't care. If they're in the, standing in the grocery line, uh, you know, with a long checkout line, they make the best out of it. How many of you have ever seen a person like that and said, you know what, like, I really want to be like that person? Probably not many, maybe some people, but when you see that, you're saying, well, that's a little too chill, you know, a little too, you know, uh, I, you know, that's a little too much for me. But in our modern and high-tech instant world, we actually look down on the value of patience and the virtue of patience. In our modern world, we, we look down on this attitude of patience. And instead, we, we value and we celebrate other things like multitasking and instant gratification and, and, and all these things like that. Do you know, just like 30 years ago, German cars and Japanese cars never had cup holders in them? Because in Germany, when you drive, you're supposed to focus on driving on the Autobahn. That's like a task. You focus on your driving, and then when you're hungry, then you stop and, and go to a restaurant and, and eat for a couple hours, and then get back on the road, on the, back on the Autobahn. You're not supposed to multitask. But, but, but because of the pressure of American consumers, all the cars now have multiple cup holders for the big gulp, and this, this gulp, and this drink, and that drink, and laptop holders, and telephones, and, and, and you, know, you can do your makeup, and read, and do multitask, and do so many other things that we're not supposed to be doing. We celebrate maximizing things. And we think when we see someone that has patience, we think that that's a sign of being weak. We look at them and be like, hey, that person's a weak person. We see patience as a sign of passivity, a sign of backwardness, of laziness or unsophistication. But you know what? I think... We've got it all wrong. Being patient is not passive or weak, but it is rather an active force. It is powerful, it is redemptive, and it is life-giving in a response. As we've seen in this parable, it was patience that opened the door to forgiveness. And we already know it's forgiveness that opens the door to reconciliation. And it's reconciliation that opened the door for the opportunity for this servant to have freedom and new life initially. This is a reflection of the power of the gospel. It's important for us to remember that patience is actually a blessing. In Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 30, it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. 
Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is life, light. The famous author, uh, A.W. Tozer, he's actually from the CNMA, he alluded to the fact that today in our modern world, we fully don't understand this verse. In our modern world, we're so caught up in the busyness and the, the distractions and the to-do lists and the stress and the weight of trying to impress others. And we are trapped in the cycle of impatience and, and stress and we accept this as our norm without even questioning it. But when we take on his yoke, our burden is finally light. When we allow the spirit to take control, we then produce, we then actually experience what it means to be free in our minds and free in our hearts. It's like unlocking this, this secret, experiencing this life of patience. But unfortunately, very few believers live this way, or let alone know that it is even possible to be able to live with this lightness of having patience. Patience is a blessing. It is not a burden. Patience is valuable. So why are we really called to be patient with others? Why as believers must we exhibit patience? So first, we, we know as believers, we are called to have patience for others. We are called to remember that patience is valuable. We are called to remember that God is patient with us. So I just got back from a beach vacation. How many of you guys like beach vacations? How many of you guys like mountain and hill vacations? Now you can put your hands down. That's right. Uh, I'm all about beach vacation. Every time... I go on a beach vacation, my wife and I, we always assume the best. We always hope for the best, and we assume that it's going to be like this amazing, relaxing vacation, hearing the ocean waves, smelling the salty air, being under the open sky, sitting in, under an umbrella, the ultimate relaxation, reading books and doing all these things. But with little kids... It's, as you know, for some of you that have, know, have kids or know about kids, it's anything but relaxing. It's nonstop action. It's, you, you, know, you, you can't take your eyes off of them near the water. You have to watch them near the water. You have to tend to their needs. You have to get their food and get their games and bathroom breaks and temper tantrums and crying and fighting and all these things. And I start getting selfish. And in, a, in my mind, I'm thinking, wait, this is my vacation. This is my vacation. And I know what you're thinking, yes, I should know better and know in advance that going on vacation with little kids is never going to be a passive vacation, it's always an active vacation, so don't even bother relaxing, but sometimes it is truly a test of patience. And I lose my temper, right? or I'm tempted to lose my temper. But, then I remember when I was a kid. I was a little boy, too. I was that Dennis the Menace. And in the same way, 
I was oblivious at the time when I was a kid that my parents and my grandparents bestowed a tremendous amount of patience for me. You know, growing up, my parents, my grandparents were retired and they, they watched me a lot as a kid. Now, looking back, I have no idea how much patience they had for me. They were supposed to be enjoying their retirement. They were supposed to be enjoying their social life. But when I think about it, like recently I was looking at the pictures of when they first came from India to the U.S. to help watch us. And in the pictures of, of the first year they arrived, they all had like black hair and like maybe a little gray hair. And then just a couple years later in the pictures, their hair was like completely white. True story, and that was totally me. I, you know, I take ownership of that. I was shown patience time and time again. Not just when I was a child, but also when I was older. I was shown patience from teachers and professors who gave me grace and gave me more time to, to submit in assignments that were laid and, 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 and I needed more time. I was shown patience from friends who I've neglected to call and keep in touch with. I, I've been shown patience from, from places that I've worked at. I'm shown patience by my wife on a, on a daily basis. You know, there's this term in psychology called the fundamental attribution error. And this term describes the tendency for someone to attribute another person's poor behavior to the core of their character and who they are while at the same time, they dismiss their own poor behavior to other external circumstances that are out of their control. How convenient. Without this fruit of the Spirit, we fall into this bias, and we fall into the trap of making a false assumptions about others while not being honest about our own imperfections justifying our lack of patience for others when we feel we are entitled for everyone else's patience for us. Who knows what I mean when I'm getting it? Maybe, just maybe, you are at a place right now in your life or whatever stage you are in where you are about to lose your patience with someone. You are about to lose your patience. You are at the end of your fuse, and the pressure is so overwhelming that you can't take it anymore. You are just about to explode, and, and just like the Emperor Constantine, you're supposed to just let it out and unleash it on someone. The next time you see that person, you're about to just kind of lay it all out because you are entitled to do so. But if that's you, in the great words of the prophet, Hulk Hogan, let me tell you something, brother or sister. Psalm 103, verse 8 to 11 says, The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve, for his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. The reason we can be patient with others is because God has been patient with us. Amen? 
And all throughout the Bible, we see his patience again and again and again. Adam and Eve, the the people of Israel in the wilderness, in the promised land, time and time again. Patience again, again, and again. The people of Israel, the disciples, time and time again, when people, his people were unfaithful, when his people were sinful, he had patience time and time again. You know, patience is also a learned response. And as you know, oftentimes the way we respond to people and situations is based on how we've learned from other people. We see how our parents and family and siblings and bosses and mentors respond to things, and we make a determination that, oh, that is a generally acceptable practice, so I do that. But unfortunately, for all of us, we've learned from imperfect people, because everyone's imperfect. It's time for us as believers to learn from God. And the more time we spend with him, and the more time we meet with him, we allow the spirit to change us from the inside out. And we become more and more like him, for he is our standard. You know, to learn patience, we don't have to look further than the character of Christ You see, Jesus was both fully God and fully human. And while he was on earth, he could have put sinners and doubters in their place. But he was also fully human, and in his humanity, he submitted and surrendered to his Father. He surrendered to the Spirit and was obedient. You know, there were so many times in Scripture where he healed people and he told them not to go say anything yet, not to tell anyone because his time had not yet come. There were times where he casted out demons and and told the demons not to speak. After the transfiguration, he told his disciples not to go and share yet everything that, that, that they've seen. He was patient because the time had not come. He was obedient to what the Father was telling him. There were many times where he was questioned by religious leaders and he could have put them in their place with a display of power, but he didn't. When he was tempted by Satan in the desert, he didn't give in. And while he was on the cross and while He held the weight of our sin and all the sin of all of humanity. Jesus was fully submitted to the Spirit. And instead of retaliating with all of the the entire power of the universe, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus' character of patience in the Spirit brought forgiveness and life to us. I want to invite the band to come up and get ready for the next song. Maybe there's some of you here today that you've gone throughout your life and you've racked up this debt of sin throughout your life that 
is so great and so large that you don't know how to pay it back and, and there is no way for you to pay it back. You've made poor choices, hurting others, hurting yourself, self-centered living, prideful actions, cheating, stealing, or maybe other things. But your debt is too large to pay. And no matter how hard you try to make things right in your life or try to, try to make things right in the eyes of the Lord, if you are burdened by this weight of guilt and sin, I have some good news for you. In 2 Peter 3.9, it says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. God is a true king that extends his patience for the debt of sin that you can't pay. But he goes a step further. And his son Jesus paid for your debt on the cross, releasing you. And this forgiveness is available to us. And if you want to receive that this morning, if you haven't, all you have to do is confess in your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you have been redeemed. And that the new life you live is now found in the power of the resurrection. This is his promise to you. Maybe there's some of you here today that... Uh, you just need to extend your patience and forgiveness to someone else. Remember the kindness and the mercy and the love and forgiveness that you have received from Christ. If we've received this for ourselves, we are compelled to give this forgiveness and freedom to others. Ask the Lord Jesus, Jesus, I need your spirit. I can't come up with this patience on my own. I can't muster this up on my own. I can just be fully surrendered. If you ask him and if you are surrendered, his spirit will change you and work on you from the inside out so you have it and you learn it. Maybe for some of you here, it's just time to slow down in life. You've been living so controlled by your own nature and the world's values that you needed to take a step back. And stop idolizing busyness. Stop idolizing multitasking and all these other types of things that the world celebrates. You need to surrender and say, Jesus, I want to be submitted. I want to live your way, the way that you lived. Surrender to the Spirit, obedient to the Father. And if Jesus had time to slow down and if he was the Son of God, guess what? We can too. We can focus on the things that matter. I want to invite you to stand as we close in worship, and I just want to send you off with this last thing. We remember that waiting has a purpose. Waiting and having patience has a purpose. You know, as believers, we are not, we're called to have patience, but we don't have to be patient forever. In the book of James, James reminds the church that one day the Lord will return. 
Jesus is our coming king who will make all wrong things right. But in the meantime, let us press forward. Let us have patience in the midst of our suffering, and that will develop in us an endurance. God is building something deeper in us, and he has a plan for all things. And we can have patience now because of his promises in the future. So with that, let's respond together as we close in worship. great having you with us today. We do hope that this sermon inspired you to know Christ and make him known. For more sermons and resources, please visit us at theplantchurch.org.